What's up, everybody? On today's show, Florida has named a QB1. Auburn still holding off for a little bit. Fall camp updates from all over the conference. We have a tidbit from every school in the SEC. And also, Kirk Herbstreet joined my radio station a few days ago, gave his thoughts on the current landscape of college football. We'll let you hear what he had to say. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start over at Florida as Billy Napier has reportedly figured out who his starting quarterback is. On Friday, Napier talking with the media revealed that uh, the coaching staff has seen enough to confirm who their starting quarterback is. However, he said uh, an official announcement would come at a later date. Now, an official announcement still hasn't been made, but reports started to lake out that Napier and the staff, it's its Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin transfer, as a lot of people expected. Nick Delatory of On3 Sports uh, reported Napier named Graham Mertz a starter coming out of his performance in last Thursday's scrimmage. We had heard rumors that you know, that's what they were going to do. They wanted to decide on a quarterback because, you know, look, they're playing in a couple of Thursdays starting off the season. Napier said on Friday, we need to go through a process with the team, with an evaluation before we let everybody know. Obviously, it was between Mertz competing with Jack Miller and Max Brown. Uh, Mertz played parts of four seasons up at Wisconsin, over 5,000 career yards. Uh, Miller started his career at Ohio State, started the bowl game this past uh, offseason season. It was pretty ugly. But Mertz and Miller each played one half with the starting offense in the spring game a couple weeks ago. And Mertz finished 18 of 29 for 244 yards and a touchdown. So a decision's been made. Now they got to roll. It's Graham Mertz's show. And let's see how he does. Florida season opener will come on the road facing Utah in that first Thursday night of college football. And then uh, after that, first SEC start will be against Tennessee on September 16th. That is going to be a monster one. Now, Billy Napier had some unfortunate news on Friday as well, revealing that edge rusher Justice Boone tore his ACL in that scrimmage on Thursday. He's going to have surgery in a couple weeks. Napier said, I do think this will galvanize our team. This is a guy they really love and care about, and they'll want to do their part to make up for his absence on the field, but we're going to rally around Boone. All Gators need to lift our boy Boone up today. He's one of the best ones we had. Burn uh, Boone is in his third year at Florida. Played in just two games in 2021. Took a red shirt last season. Appeared in every game. Made two starts. Had 24 tackles, a sack, and a quarterback hurry in his red shirt freshman year. So, some unfortunate news there. Billy Napier did say that 
their uh, freshman signees, Kelby Collins and Cameron James, are going to see some increased opportunities there in the void of Justice Boone. Other big news going on around the conference. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer talking with the media over the weekend, giving out an injury report, and said that Juice Wells, their star receiver, is a little banged up. Beamer said Wells was not able to scrimmage all last week, said he will not be back this next week either. He did say that Wells assured Beamer that the wideout will be ready for the season opener. Here's what Beamer said. Juice Wells didn't scrimmage. He won't be back next week, but we're optimistic he'll be back for game one. Knowing how Juice attacks things, he's got a little bit of a lower body injury that he's dealing with right now. Nothing long-term, just some things he's got to get a hold of. He assures me he is playing game one, and knowing him, he will be out there. Of course, he's a big part of that passing attack with Spencer Rattler, and uh, they're going to need him against the North Carolina Tar Heels. It's a big one on September 2nd kick off that night on ABC so certainly something we're going to be tracking over the next couple weeks and uh, I know a lot of Gamecock fans hoping Juice, well, Juice Wells will be out there for game number one. Meanwhile over at Ole Miss we heard from a couple there assistants over the weekend. Defensive coordinator Pete Golding obviously made the big move from Alabama to Ole Miss this offseason. He, he spoke with reporters this weekend and talked about the move. He said Look, you get so locked in sometimes to your career. You're focused on the next set, step. And when you're married and you got three kids, sometimes you lose value of what you're really about. I enjoyed where I was, but this move is strictly based on trying to be a better husband and father. He's got ties to Mississippi with his wife and their family and all that stuff. So closer to family, obviously, uh, you know, can't argue with that one. Now, Golding said his wife was born and raised in Mississippi, went to Ole Miss. His mom was born and raised there. This is his third stint in the state of Mississippi and uh, obviously gets him there closer. Golding said Ole Miss is very close to being very, very good. And uh, he said the idea that he could come have an impact, he said, I think that's special. I don't think it happens a lot. I enjoyed where I was, had nothing to do with Alabama, and uh, we'll be interested to see how he does there at Ole Miss. Now, one player he's excited about is Centarian Perkins, their uh, five-star linebacker who has high, high expectations. And Golding said, look, always knew he was a really gifted athlete. I had him ranked as the top linebacker in the country. Extremely explosive, really fast, has really good top-end speed. His closing speed is really good. Expect him to play often and early. Six foot three, 205 pounds, the number one recruit from the state of Mississippi. Uh, Golding said he's done really well. Loves football, very engaged, taking good notes. So I think he has an extremely high ceiling. We're excited about him. One more note on Ole Miss. Their offense corner, Charlie Charlie Weiss Jr. speaking with the media about their quarterback battle. Still ongoing between Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, Walker Howard, and Austin Simmons. Weiss said the challenge is we have four guys who are high-caliber players. We have to have all four ready to play. They come to work each and every day to get better, but not showing their hand on who the starter is going to be. I still think it's going to be Jackson Dart, but... We'll see here in the coming weeks. One other note Weiss said, he was asked about running back Quinchon Judkins, and he said, quote, two of the most special players I've ever coached are Derrick Henry and Quinchon. Quite the compliment there. He's not saying Quinchon Judkins can beat Derrick Henry, but puts those two in a category of the two most special players he's ever coached. Pretty high compliment there. 
All right, over Tennessee, Vols tight end McAllen Castle speaking with the media a couple of days ago, and he was very complimentary of linebacker Arian Carter. He said, I have to shout out Arian. That dude fills holes fast, and he's going to lace you in the hole. I've never seen a dude come in so ready to play from a young guy standpoint. Carter was a former four-star linebacker out of Smyrna, Tennessee. He was the number 11 linebacker and the number two prospect from the state of Tennessee in the 2023 class. It'll be fun to see what that guy does. Uh, Josh Heupel asked about his five-star freshman quarterback, Nico Yamaliava. Speaking with the media a couple days ago, he said, uh, dude, you got to grow. You got to be pushed. And he said, when we install the offense, Nico's running everything. You've heard me say when they finish spring ball, when they come back at the beginning of training camp, they should be a different player. Well, Nico's a different player. He's got great command, understanding of what we're doing, understands protections, understands how he's got to get us out of different things. Could be run, run check, pass, run check, whatever it might be. He hasn't been perfect, but he has grown. And he said one of the things we talk about is not making the same mistake twice. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. So, look, I know a lot of Tennessee fans excited to see Nico Yamaliava. That a lot of people hoping that Joe Milton is the guy and he's a stud and he's a star this whole year. But we'll see. Sounds like Nico's doing all the right things to push Joe Milton and. Um, We'll see what happens. All right, there you have it. It is the latest going on around the conference. Coming up next, we will continue to go around the conference. We've got way more fall camp notes. Uh, Georgia, LSU, among others. We'll get to all that in just a second. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. We've been telling you all the time, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to go check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. They're going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Look, um, we, we know because at our workplace, we had a couple of openings recently, and you get a lot of college um, people fresh out of college. You just graduated in May. They're looking for jobs. There's a lot of great talent to be had out there, and LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you out. You go to their website. You post your job for free. They offer simple uh, tools like screening questions. going to make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus link, uh, leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free. It's linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, roll along here. Locked on SEC. Still more to uh, jump into, so let's uh, let's dive back into it. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day, and shout out to our everydayers coming and checking us out every day. We're gonna have more fall camps for you all throughout this week. All right, let's dive back into it. Over at Auburn, sounded like Hugh Freeze was close to naming a quarterback QB one. Speak of the media on Saturday. After their uh, scrimmage, Hugh Freeze indicated he was prepared to make a decision on trimming that battle down on Friday. He said, uh, however, the performance of his team on Saturday made him rethink that decision. He said, yesterday I had my mind up. After today, I need to go watch the film before I say who it is. So, obviously, Peyton Thorne coming in has made a tremendous uh, 
you know, tough decision for this uh, for this team and this coaching staff. They handpicked him for Michigan State. The guy started a ton of games, uh, has a lot of good football under his belt, but Robbie Ashford was the incumbent from last year. We know Robbie's got tremendous running ability, and Holden Garner's had some nice moments throughout this camp. But uh, Freeze noted that they need to, quote, take care of the ball more, playing in the right space on given plays. He said all three of their quarterbacks have done that fairly well. He said they all, they did not turn the ball over. That's priority number one in offensive football, so that was good. But uh, he pointed out too many opportunities of quarterbacks making the right reads in the RPO game with receivers loafing or not on the same page as a quarterback. He said we had some guy who had some good catches today, but we had way too many uh, opportunities in the RPO game that the quarterback made the right decision to throw the ball and the receiver is either loafing, which we can't have, or he chose to run the wrong route. And you got to look at us coaches first on that, be sure we get that cleaned up. But this week I thought we took a step forward in the totality of the offense. So, look, we still expect probably Peyton Thorne going to be announced as a starter here very soon at Auburn. But big questions with those receivers. I'm a little worried about all those new faces. It takes time to develop that chemistry. So they got to keep going to work and working on that figure out who the first team unit is of receivers, who's the second team unit, and so on and so forth. Now, Auburn did add to their future over the weekend, picking up four-star defensive lineman T.J. Lindsey for their uh, recruiting class. Six-foot-three, 265 pounds, coming out of IMG Academy. Like I said, he's uh, according to 24-7 sports composite. He's a four-star recruit for the 2024 class, a 34th overall D lineman in this group. And that brings Auburn's class up to 16 players for 2024. Uh, he's the second high or the second D lineman to pledge to this group, joining three-star D lineman Malik Blockton. Over at Georgia, there were reports out of fall camp that uh, five-star freshman linebacker Raylan Wilson injured his knee during the team's first scrimmage. In his press conference, Kirby Smart was asked about it. He said Raylan had a hyperextended knee, but as of right now. I would reserve judgment until we know for sure. The ligaments seem to be intact, and hopefully he'll be fine. It was a scary play, but he seems to be fine. Walked off the field on his own. We feel good about it, but you never know. You have to do your due diligence. Now, Georgia defensive coordinator, inside linebackers coach Glenn Schumann uh, recently praised Raylan Wilson and fellow freshmen C.J. Allen and Tory Bowles. He said they are very talented in terms of their athleticism, that's what attracted us to them when we watched the tape. Speed is a premium. The ability to play in space is a premium. So we could see some of these younger linebackers play early and often for Georgia. Of course, they've got some great starters in Small Munden and Jamin Dumas-Johnson. Uh, but Glenn Schumann was asked Saturday about some of their other linebackers and who have been looking good. He said, look, it's a very talented room uh, in terms of their athleticism and he said, if you look at some of these guys, in addition to their skill uh, skill set, they're guys that want to be coached. And again, just a, a really, really good room with uh, Sori and Lightsey and uh, Jalen Walker. Georgia going to lace it up in a couple weeks against Tennessee Martin. We'll see what they look like. Over at LSU, uh, offense quarter Mike Dembrock, very complimentary about their tight end room, which is led by Mason Taylor, who was a true freshman last year. Had some big moments, including that uh, two-point conversion against Alabama to beat Nick Saban. But uh, Dembrock talking about some of the incoming freshmen like Camorian Pimpton 
He said he's a raw piece of clay that any tight end coach in America would love to have to work with. He's got the ability, already gaining probably 15 pounds since he got here, getting a 245 as a true freshman, the ability to, to work in both areas of what we ask our tight ends to do. Uh, there's some blessings aplenty in that tight end room. So, look, there's one thing we know Brian Kelly's going to do. They're going to throw it to the tight ends. He did it his whole career when he was at Notre Dame. Uh, LSU also picked up a recruit over the weekend. This one for next year, 2025. Uh, they got a the number one overall prospect out of the state of Texas, wide receiver DeCorian Moore. He is the number five overall prospect in the country, number two wide receiver in the country for the class of 2025. So a big-time get there for LSU. All right, over at Alabama, Nick Saban. He's been a little rosy as of lately. The media was uh, taking note. He's cracking jokes, and uh, some people wondering, uh-oh, is something up? Nick Saban's being way too cheery and happy right now. He must know that his team is loaded. Nick Saban talking about the aspect uh, of tough love also with the media and his coaching staff trying to figure that out in training camp. He said, look, we're trying to figure that out, but I think I've been kicking him in the ass a little more than I've been patting him on the ass, but we'll just keep on keeping on, he said with a chuckle. At the end of the day, Saban has shown he usually knows how to get the best out of his players, and sometimes it takes tough love. Sometimes it takes being kind and nice, and right now we're seeing a little bit more of kinder, gentler Nick Saban, and usually that spells problems for the rest of the college football world and the SEC. So we'll see, but... uh, yeah, uh, Andy Staples pointed out on his social media yesterday. Man, everyone's in trouble. Nick Saban's way too cheery. What's going on? All right, over at Texas A&M, they picked up a big recruit over the weekend in, I'll try this, Asendre Papa Afua. He is a kid from the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Seattle area. He committed to the Aggies on Sunday on YouTube. He is six foot four, 310 pounds, four-star lineman, the number one player from the state of Washington, the number five interior O-lineman in the class of 2024. So, Afua, a ton of scholarship offers from all over, but he picked uh, Texas A&M in the end. They now have 19 commitments in their recruiting class, ranked number 13 nationally. Over at Mizzou, they had uh, their two weeks into their fall camp getting ready for uh, their early kickoff. They'll kick that uh, first Thursday of college football and still working out some kinks in their offensive line. New offensive line coach Brandon Jones working with some guys. Left guard Xavier Delgado in the midst of his sixth fall camp. Third different offensive line coach. He said he likes what Brandon Jones is bringing. And Eli Drinkwood said earlier in this camp, Offensive line is the best he's had depth-wise since he's been here. He says he's got about eight or nine guys who can start. Uh, Delgado has 32, uh, started 32 straight games for Missouri. And obviously, new offensive coordinator, Fresno State OC Kirby Moore coming over. And they're looking to get more and more of their wide receivers involved. Mookie Cooper, one of those weapons, talking with the media over the weekend. He said, I feel good as a Tiger. But I'm still working on everything with Kirby's new offense and just finishing up on all the details every day. I'm out there a little more. Uh, He still wants us to make plays, and I feel like we have more opportunities to make plays. So that's kind of my role right now. Uh, Of course, they're going to have options with Luther Burden, Kai Miller, Theo Weiss, some uh, nice receivers in that group. One other note from Missouri, they are cutting prices at the concession stands this football season. 
uh, $5 cheeseburgers, $3 hot dogs, along with popcorns, waters, and sodas for $2. So pretty nice there. Mizzou will open the season Thursday, August 31st against South Dakota at Memorial Stadium. Over at Kentucky, they had their first full-speed scrimmage of fall camp over the weekend. And Mark Stoops pointing out they're still not at full strength. So had some guys out, nothing major. But in a scrimmage with not all your pieces put together, there's going to be some good, there's going to be some ugly. Uh, Barry and Brown, Khalil Saunders, Darian Henry Young, and Keyshawn Silver were among the non-participants. Barry and Brown, one of the more notable ones there. Without him, uh, Devin Leary still flashed in the first full go reps. Stoops said it was good to see him comfortable in there. There's things that he did extremely well. There's some areas where... Uh, he'll see that he needs to just be more patient and go through his progressions. But we hit some good plays. Uh, Ray Davis, no surprise, was running back one, uh, participating in Saturday's scrimmage. Of course, the Vanderbilt transfer coming in and uh, expects to be the guy in Kentucky. Stoops did say defensively, pretty solid against the run. We give up a few explosive plays, but then again, buckled down and kept them out of the end zone for the most part. That was good to see. And uh, let's see, over at Mississippi State, Kevin Barbe. We heard from him for the first uh, time over the weekend as the new OC with the Bulldogs. And look, some SEC folks have created a narrative that Will Rogers and Mississippi State offense is going to look very different, that maybe Will Rogers will struggle moving under center this year when he's so used to that air raid and playing in the shotgun. Kevin Barbe says... That's not true. He said, we will use under center when it plays to our advantage, sometimes in low red or short yardage situations. But I tell you, 95% of the offense is in the shotgun. Every year it's a little bit different. You get a little bit more of an advantage in the run game sometimes against some of those schemes when you're underneath. On the flip side of that, where I think a lot of carryover is using the pistol rather than just offset. The pistol formation allows us to balance up a little bit and really try to keep the defense from knowing the running back is on the left and the tight ends on the right. So we're running uh, – so we're running right every time. A lot of that is being sure that we're giving DCs different looks. Um, Going to be interesting to see Mississippi State use the tight end. We really haven't had much uh, go to the tight end in recent years when Mike Leach was there. Barbe said, look, my mindset is simple but creative. I try to tell myself, don't overthink this. Keep it simple from the kids. Kids, conceptually, running a lot of the same things we used to, but presentation-wise, we're in a different personnel group with a shift or emotion. But for the quarterbacks, their progression stays the same. And lastly, over at Vanderbilt, they'll play before anybody. We're less than two weeks from their season opener against Hawaii coming up on August 26th. Uh, they returned to First Bank Stadium over the weekend for a scrimmage. was open to the media and players' families, but not open to the public. Four different quarterbacks alternated. And uh, Clark Lee said, we saw last scrimmage where we needed to make enhancements and we wanted to put our focus on the offense. And A.J. Swan obviously is QB1. No surprise there. He's obviously the favorite coming in. But he led three of the five scoring drives. The offense had two for touchdowns, one for a field goal. Uh, while Ken Seals also led a touchdown drive. And uh, defensively, starting safeties to Ricky Wright and Jalen Mahoney uh, were back after being banged up earlier in the preseason. But the secondary has been a focus of improvement for Vanderbilt. So excited to see what uh, that secondary is going to look like when they hit the field here in 
just under two weeks. All right, there you have it. This is the latest updates from fall camp. We'll keep you up to date with some tidbits from every school as we go about it. We'll probably have some more quarterback announcements throughout this week as well. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, Kirk Herbstreet on the current state of college football. That's coming your way in just a sec. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. And for those of you who don't know, I also work with a sports radio station in Houston. And our morning show host, Sean Salisbury, a former ESPN broadcaster and a guy has been around forever, one of the greats. And uh, he's a good buddy, good buddies with Kirk Herbstreet. And we had uh, Kirk Herbstreet on the show on Friday and thought Herbie had some tremendous insight into um, just the state of college football. Look, everything's in flux. We know the Pac-12 is, you know, is gone, and, and you know the Big Ten's getting bigger, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, Salisbury caught up with Kirk Herbstreet. So figured we'd let you guys hear a little bit of that. Here was uh, Sean Salisbury with Kirk Herbstreet. I'm curious your emotions when you see college football where it's at right now. All of it. Well, I'm glad you said what you said about old school blood, because I, I, I do. I'm a traditionalist. I'm not ashamed to, to say that. I mean, it seems like some people don't like to hear that, but I am. I'm, I'm a proud traditionalist. I love the rivalries. I love everything that college football stands for. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a weirdo. I like the marching bands. I like the student sections. Like, I love it all. I love some of the, 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 you know, the corny things where the team walks down a certain way into the stadium. Like, I... I I eat it all up, you know, and that's why it never gets old doing what I do with the college game. So to see all this shake up and realignment, which you knew was inevitable once Texas and OU decided to go to the SEC, you knew more was coming. And then it was USC and UCLA and the Big Ten. And I kept trying to tell people, listen, this is all going to continue. I said this a couple months ago to somebody. This is all going to continue until we get ready for 2024 season. That's where they're going to off, And that's when everything is going to have to be aligned and ready to go so just hold on because something's coming and that something ended up being oregon and washington and of course now you have arizona arizona state utah joining colorado and they're going to the big 12 and basically the pac-12 is gone and and so if, if you are a traditionalist it's it's a sad day um it's just another confirmation that this college game that we all grew up with is is, is uh, history it's gone the rose bowl is gone um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's very, very challenging time for, for us. And I, I've learned over these last few years to not be a guy that's going to put my head in the sand and, and cross my arms and say, what the hell's going on with this sport? I, I, I can be, I can question things and at the same time be open-minded. You know, I, I have four sons that are 23 years and younger, uh, three that have played, you know, college football. I'm not a guy that's going to turn my back and, and, and not be willing to at least try to accept change. I, I, I refuse to do that. So uh, as much as I can question this, I'm willing to uh, look at the positive, try to, try to understand NIL, try to understand Transfer Portal, try to understand the realignment, try, just try to understand I refuse to be this guy because I'm a traditionalist that's it, not at least willing to give this stuff a chance. So that, that's my mindset. That's where I am. I feel terrible that, uh, you know, January 1st, it, it's 5 o'clock Eastern. 
as uh, growing up in the Midwest, as it gets dark and all of a sudden you turn on that Rose Bowl and there's the San Gabriel Mountains and there's USC and that fight song and there's Ohio State or Michigan. I mean, you know, that's what we grew up on and yep. that's gone, you know. And so, but what we are gaining is some unbelievable matchups in the regular season. We're going to get a 12-team playoff and who knows where this winding road is going to go in three years or four years or five years. You know, you saw Chip Kelly and Brian Kelly say, why don't we just throw everybody into one big conference and do eight divisions and eight teams? And so there's a lot of different ideas out there, but I'm sorry to go on and on about this, but I'll just say one last thing. We all grew up years ago with this sport being a regional sport. If you're in the Southwest conference or big eight or big 12, it was all about the cotton bowl. You know, if you're in the Pac-10 or Pac-12 now in the Big Ten, it was about the Rose Bowl, the SEC, the Sugar Bowl. And that's how we didn't really care about the national championship. We were tied into those bowls. And now over the last 20 years when the BCS started, now it's all about the national championship. And now it's all about the playoffs. We don't care about the Rose Bowl. We don't care about the Cotton Bowl. We don't care about the Sugar Bowl. You're either in the playoff and you're happy or you're out of the playoff and you want to fire your coach. That's the new mentality of the college football fan. And because of that, we can no longer lead this sport regionally. Greg Sankey runs the SEC. You have a Big 12 commissioner who's very aggressive. You have a Big 10 commissioner. All these guys are worried about their backyard, their constituents, their chancellors and presidents and ADs and head coaches and fans. They don't give a crap about what's going on in a different conference. And that's the problem. We need to have one guy like Roger Goodell who's in charge of the entire sport. If we're going to cheer and watch this sport and it's about the nation, we can no longer govern the sport regionally. And that's what we're doing. And until they change that, it's not going to get fixed. So we need to check somehow, whether it's football pulls out of the NCAA and they create their new governing body and somebody becomes the commissioner of it. They partner with college, uh, the college football players association, whatever we do, create a CBA what we're doing now from a leadership role is not working. Nobody trusts anybody, and we're not going to be able to step forward. And that's my biggest concern right now as we try to deal with all this change is who the hell's in charge? Because it's not the NCAA, and it's not Greg Sankey, and it's not just – these guys are all worried about their own conference. Nobody's looking out over the totality of the sport. So we got to find an answer to that if we're going to have any hope having a future with this sport is with this and it's it's a slippery slope too because i love you know some of the things they've done with nil for kids i do and i know you do too we're cut yeah, from the yeah. same cloth about i'm a, i accept change and i'm willing to see the new stuff but i got some old school traditional blood in me but i know if you don't change you can't adapt and adjust you get left behind yeah. on the field or off it so with that is there With the kids and college football, while the kid may be benefiting more in the long run, maybe with the transfer portal, he's not, maybe he is. Are we doing a disservice to college football or is this just life changes always good? No, it's not always good. Amen. Um, NIL NIL was was name, image, and likeness, right? So if, if, if Bryce Young can go become the Alabama starting quarterback and he can make whatever he makes because of his name, an image and likeness, so be it. You know, if C.J. Stroud can do that at Ohio State, so, so be it. I, I don't have any problem with that. But to use it as an enticement is wrong. To have collectives that have to try to generate 
14, 15, 16 million dollars because Texas wants to try to get a quarterback out of California. We need to give him some money to be able to bring him in or someone else is going to get him. Like that is not what name, image, and likeness is about. Bribing players, recruits to go play for your school. What the, what in the hell are we talking about? Or you, hey, Southern Miss has an all American left tackle. Okay, let's go down there, give him a million dollars. Let's bring him in. We need a left tackle. That's not what this is about. Like, that needs to be under control. Um, I, if a player can make a name, just like an NFL player can make a name for himself and go get some marketing dollars, that's the new world. I have no problem with that. But to use it as an enticement, to bribe players to go to your school, whether it's current players that are playing at smaller division group of five schools or a high school player who's a hot shot, five-star that you're going to pay to bribe to come to your school, that cannot go on in the sport it just it just can't and so that's why i'm saying we have to create a new governing body we got to put some rules around this some regulations some common sense and we hopefully will do that in the near future it's not right now right now it's it's the the highest bid's going to win these players no longer ask about usc or ohio state the tradition or the school or what's what's unique about it it's the only thing they talk about the high the high profile recruit is What's the NIL money? That's all they talk. That's all it is. And that's not what we want the sport to become. And it's just in my opinion, I just can't imagine that's the future of college football that we all want to get behind. So yeah. NIL is great if the kids can generate that money because of what they're doing on the field. No issue. But we got to get rid of these collectives and we got to get rid of guys bribing players to come to their schools. Pathetic. There you have it, Kirk Herbstreet, his thoughts on the state of college football, including NIL, among other things. Our thanks to Sean Salisbury and, of course, uh, uh, as heard on Sports Talk 790 just a couple of days ago. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Again, come on back tomorrow. We'll have more updates from fall camp and hopefully some more quarterback news <laughs> happening at Alabama, Ole Miss, among others. Uh, this has been Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Again, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day out there, everybody.